those are the relationships for me that mean the most is when you can sit on the couch with someone and just not even say a word, you know, and just look over and the only thing you say, you hungry? And then you get up and you go eat. I still do it. Damn. I still do it. Been doing this shit. By now, shit, shit ain't no secret. Made it out the ghetto, no compass or a nap. The shit I accomplished got me balling on your daddy. 60 on the diamond chain, coulda bought a caddy. I keep the shit clean, all these other niggas tacky. Wanted to rap, so I got at me to back me. You did this shit all yourself? Yeah, exactly. Of course, can't forget about my niggas and my family. Some was really for a nigga, others tried to scam me. Laid back in the Maybach, eating scampy. Haters staring at me like it can't be. Wonder how I'm still going. These niggas shrink, but I'm still growing. Just bought a mink, I be geek when it's still snowing. Juice frozen, walking out of golden. Son, what homies just bought my son a rolly. Used to pump, now I'm on the road touring. Used to ride the bus, now I only ride foreign I make it look easy Yeah I make it look easy Man, it's crazy My, no. my life is kind of crazy how it turned out it How it, easy. you know, wind up panning out But, you know, my dad was in the military And he was stationed in Japan You know, in the Marine Corps So, you know, my family and I We went over there in like 95 you know, we used to live in Virginia, like beforehand, lived Woodbridge, uh, Quantico, then eventually moved over uh, to Okinawa, you know, lived there five years, grew up, went to school. It was, you know, it was a cool life because you like, you really living on the beach. You live in like the East China Sea was like my backyard. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's, yeah, that's real life. Like you go to the beach, you catch a hermit crabs and and all types of stuff, you know, all types of critters. And, you know, it was, it was a different life. But, you know, in the end of that, in like 2000, my dad, he passed away. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sorry, he, yeah, no, he had a massive heart attack. He was 36 years old, you know. And so from there, we, I moved back to Virginia. You know what I'm saying? And that's how, like, my story, my, my rebirth in America, you know, comes to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, life living in Stafford County growing up, you know, that's a whole nother, there's so many levels to living life mm -hmm. that you, you really like, when you step back and look at it, you, you know, you realize how you got to where you at and then you can really like dissect each moment and go to the influences that you had in life per your environment or your parents or your siblings, whatever. And you can say, Oh, I can see how X, Y, Z is happening. So, then you come between that like question of like nature and nurture and like mm -hmm. what it, you know what I'm saying? Would you say that leaving or when you left Japan and bless, bless your pops too, by the way. Right, right. Yeah. That's love. Would you say that um, it started a new chapter or did you open up a whole new book in life? Like what, what do you think that transition process was like mentally? I mean, it was, you know, I was, I was very young at that time. So when my dad passed away and like me, you know what I'm saying? Me obviously coming to a new, new land and new territory. It was a journey. So you could say, you could say new chapter. You could say, however, however you describe it, it was, it was almost this sort of thing where I was like, I lost my leader. I, you know, I was Simba in a way, Fact, you know? Huh? Yeah. Like if you could relate it to a Disney story and like make it make sense, like I'm Simba now, like I ain't got no pops. 
I'm really just out there in the wilderness. I'm really trying to figure it out. I'm making a lot of mistakes to uh, figure out how to be a man. I really don't know how to be a man. And, you know, I don't really have a situation where you could come, you know, where I say, well, I got to come back and fight my uncle. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Throw throw hands on the coast of Japan real quick. (laughs) But, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's it's like you got to go on in life. You got to move on and you got to live. You know, you got to find a way to cope and you got to find a way to, like you say, make a new chapter. You know what I'm saying? And it's so it's so many chapters in life that you uh, you just continue building. You know what I'm saying? It's a book for sure. You know, that's real. I feel like growing older, like I understand more and more, you know, like as a kid, I remember hearing people be like, you know, older people be like, oh, that was so many lifetimes ago. And it's like, what? It's only one lifetime. But it's like now you really understand that, like. Especially if you're, you know, living in the moment or trying to or just, you know, like aware of, of I don't even know how to exactly to kind of frame it. But it's just like if you're really living right, then like all these chapters really do feel like lifetimes because there's other people who like go through their whole life without experiencing some of the things that you experience all within that one chapter or like learning the right. lessons that you learn all within that one chapter. Like it really is. Right. I feel like I've lived many lifetimes already, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. The things you go through in life, like you say, create that character and, you know, everyone isn't going to have the same experiences. And that's I mean, that's the difference in people. That's what that's where the disconnect comes in, because I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm not saying obviously, but I'm sure you guys know Malcolm Gladwell and, mm-hmm. you know, you you know about the four agreements and everyone just doesn't have the same agreements. And that's something that I had to learn. And it's I mean, even still to this day, it's hard for me to accept those agreements, you know what I'm saying? Because those aren't necessarily my agreements, you know what I'm saying? Like I engage in a different way than he is presenting it, but I still agree with the things that he's saying and that like, you know, we are all different people and the, and the things that we all abide by are just, it's just different, you know? And that's how you wind up in front of the Capitol. You know what I'm saying? Storming the Capitol because you believe something that, not everyone else believes, but you believe it. It's interesting that you brought up the four agreements. That was like one of my summer reads. And I have a habit of anytime I resonate with a book or an article or a song, I send it to everyone or even a TV show. Zim, you probably experienced this for me too. Which I read, I read a book and I'm like, yo, this book right here, you got to tap into it. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned, similar to what you were saying, James, just now, is you really do begin to realize that everyone obviously isn't raised the same, but those core and foundational beliefs. And some, and far too often, we were, we were speaking to another Euphoria alum now, Savannah, and she was saying a lot of people, don't, they don't leave any room for disagreements with, with anything that they believe or anything that they run into. And it becomes so tied into their core, it's kind of hard to even grow past that and really assess and figure out what's going on. That's a great segue, too, because one thing that you mentioned, James, actually... Since I mentioned your name, Eric just mentioned your name too. Let's yep. pause real quick <laughs> and do some introductions uh, before I get to that point. So what, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another session of You Free. You got Ozzy talking right now. You already heard Eric. And uh, who are we talking with today? You're talking to the chef, man. Chef James, known by many names. Jay Nice, you know, if you want to listen to my music. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really just a humble chef, man. I'm James. I'm... I'm a guy from Stafford County growing up, you know, in Virginia, just trying to really trying to find my way, you know, really trying to uh, figure out this whole thing, what it is we call life. And, you know, I feel like I got interesting perspective. So 
you know, I feel like I want to share it with your audience and that, then, you know, that'd be great if you guys take a minute to just listen to me. Hey. Right, so tap in, brother, tap in. Appreciate you uh, you sharing your voice, man. And, and before we get into, because you brought up a lot of stuff there that I'm curious to learn more about, but before we get into that, just to, like, finish my thought, like, I was thinking about how you mentioned the word character, right? And, like, we think about these experiences that build character, but in some ways, it's really, like, removing character, like, st- like you learning more about yourself and, like, stepping into yourself without all these facades and acts that we put on you know based on like what's around us you know like we go through new experiences and that teaches us who we are so we don't have to wear the mask right but then people frame it as like building characters i don't know i was just like was thinking about that that concept you know of like building character and like people you know like eric was saying people taking different aspects to their identity and like you know becoming caricatures of themselves in some cases based Mm -hmm, on their identity mm -hmm. so it's, it's just interesting yeah no i mean definitely like for me I strive to be an entertainer. I've always, you know, fancied myself an entertainer and, and felt like the best way that I could present myself as an entertainer is to be authentic. You know what I'm saying? Once you look at you look at the industry and you look at guys that are there and, and people that do the things that they do, the people that really come across are the people that, that you truly feel that, you know what I'm saying, that give you them their real self. And that's why I feel like, you know, when I talked about the music, it was a, it was just a highlight on how I've tried to like show, like when I say like um, be an entertainer, it's, it's the way I've tried to show my talent, the way I've tried to express myself in so many different ways. And I don't want to become a caricature of myself. I battle with that often because I find myself in diverse crowds. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I'm the only person that look like me. And I know that people that love me and that respect me often wonder how I then present myself when I'm there. But I I totally take hold of that. And I am the elephant in the room. You know what I'm saying? I I represent like all the values of Patrice O'Neal. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm going to talk about the things that no one wants to talk about. I'm bringing up those uncomfortable situations and topics. It's like, we have to bring this to the forefront because I feel like that's how you move people. When you get those moments and you really around those people that are different than you, you get to move the bar and change the conversation or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the conversation is, you get to bring it up and you get to see what's going on in this moment. That's real. So you mentioned being a chef, then like, how do you bring that energy into the culinary world? Okay. So this is uh, so that's an interesting <laughs> topic, you know, because in the culinary world, I often feel like the only one, you know what I'm saying? It feels lonely because I don't often wind up in places where there are many chefs that look like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I try to bring as much diversity as I can and like myself and representing culinary arts and showing the world what I know and representing the trade, you know, but when you go like the higher i feel like the higher levels you go in this industry the less color you see like in management and and i mean that's for any industry i'm not even saying that like it's like solely for the service industry but for me i often don't feel represented but that's no gripe you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that as a gripe i'm just saying that as you ask me how i bring it to the service industry I try to represent. I try to represent for those that, you know, that look like me, that may want to be 
in this industry because I feel like culinary is obviously a trade that was held by enslaved Africans or indentured servants, you know, whoever, whoever you say, and I'm sure they were brown. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They were really the ones that were doing the cooking in the kitchen. For sure, Facts. you know? So, I mean, to say all that, that's a perfect segue for me. It's kind of it's crazy that we walked into this because, you know, something that I've been doing or a concept that I've developed over the pandemic was my pop-up restaurant that I've been trying to expose to the world or trying to expose to those who are interested in the culinary arts. And it's about... James Hemmings. Explain who James Hemmings is for the people okay. who may not know. And I and I highly recommend everyone to also look him up. I, yeah, I've never heard of James Hemmings. Okay, James Hemmings was the brother of Sally Hemmings. And if you know about history, Sally Hemmings was the mistress of Thomas Jefferson, who he fathered many children with over yeah. the years. Yeah. So James Hemmings was a slave of Thomas Jefferson, whom he took to France in the early years of the creation of America to learn the French culinary style, which he then brought back to America and, you know, exposed Thomas Jefferson and others to this style. And so essentially the first chef in America was a black chef, which was James Hemmings, which was Sally Hemmings' brother, which was also Thomas Jefferson's wife's brother. When Eric says, look it up, you really got to look it up. Mm-hmm. It's a weird connection on how the Hemings were also related to Thomas Jefferson's wife's family as well. It was a different time. And it's interesting, too, because, like, with James Hemings, and it's funny, your first name is James, too, so I'm over here right. drawing, <laughs> drawing a lot of right. connections. He was brought out to France to learn French culinary, and then they brought him back to the States where he was practicing mm-hmm. his chefing skills. How old was he when he... I guess, started performing those culinary arts in the States. Yeah, I want to, I don't want to uh, misrepresent his age, but I believe he definitely wasn't was, like 20 or something like that. He was definitely younger than that, right? Yeah, he was, he was from a teenager on into his uh, young adulthood, but it wasn't many years that he was in France. He was only in France for a few years. And the thing about France was what was interesting is that back then when you were in France, if you were black, you were considered a free man. You know, you didn't have you didn't have to go back to America and live your life as a slave. So him going to France, he was free. But what Thomas Jefferson did was he sort of held the carrot in front of his head and like gave him all these promises of things he could have in America if he would then like work as he had to like work as the uh, he had to go to France, learn how to become the chef. And then he had to come back, train an apprentice, and then he would be free. That was his deal with Thomas Jefferson, which he did eventually wind up completing, you know, mm-hmm. and was eventually a free man. Where did you, like, first learn about this? Because obviously, I mean, if the story spoke to you enough to inspire you, you know, like, where did what was your first introduction to the story? So I live in D.C., and, um, you know, I'm really interested in history. Like, that's a, I've always been a big history buff, so... I uh, wound up at uh, Mount Vernon, which is for George Washington. So I went there and I learned about this chef for George Washington named Hercules. And I, it was like so intriguing to see like a portrait of a black chef 
you know what I'm saying, with this, like, fucking fluffy-ass afro chef hat on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yo, it was a... You know, was looking swaggy with the chef hat, too. You know shit, what I'm saying? I was saying? a chef so, for Halloween this year. <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, man, that's a, that's a way to get in. That's a way to get in. But he was, you know what I'm saying, he was, um, it was so inspiring to see this. You know what I'm saying? So that just, like, led my search on to, like, chefs of the past. You know, chefs that in history, you know what I'm saying? And it led me to James Hemmings. And the crazy thing about James Hemmings was when I found him, it showed me the picture of Hercules, showed me the picture I had seen. And I was like, no, no. I was like, this is not James Hemmings. This is Hercules because I saw the picture at Mount Vernon. So I was like, well, who is James Hemmings? And then that's when I went down the rabbit hole of searching, you know, to find out who James Hemmings was. That's dope. That is pretty cool. And it's like when thinking about, I guess, even that sense of self-creation or um, sort of being able to tap back into that. Have you like what kinds of food and stuff are you are you working with now? And also, too, what I'm starting to think about, that'd be dope going back to Japan one day to be able to get your chef on, too. Yeah, man. I mean, totally, totally want to make it back to Okinawa someday. Like. It's like part of my life. It's like five years of my life that I like left on an island. And it kind of feel like, see, that shit feel like an indictment or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but um, I'm definitely, I mean, definitely want to go back to um, Japan one day. But the, I, I honestly, I've never cooked like Asian food, you know, because like I tell, like I told you with James Hemmings, when you learn, like when I went to culinary school and you learn American culinary is based off of French cuisine. You know what I'm saying? It's based off of what James Hemmings went to France about and brought it back to America. So that's what you learn. You learn how to do mostly French, like classic French dishes. And then like from there, like you get in the industry, obviously, and you work at different places. So like the last place I was working at was a Mediterranean spot. And I learned a lot about that style of food. So, you know, I'm very, I'm very good with pita bread right now. You know, I'm very good with focaccia and things like that. You mentioned the um, the pop-ups earlier. I'm curious, like, you know, especially I feel like everybody is so ready for, you know, outside to be outside yes, again, right? Exactly. And, like, a big part of that is, like, you know, going out to eat and, like, you know, the culinary adventures that you can go on. So I'm curious, like, what do you – do you have any, like, longer-term plans in terms of, like, opening up your own restaurant or, like, you know, how do you continue to see the ideas that you've already been working on? Like, how do you see them continuing to evolve? Yeah, so, look, I mean, the idea of a pop-up is, like, that's what really excites me because it's not brick and mortar, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the honest truth about it. For me, I always feel like a like I understand the value of being, like, a neighborhood restaurant and being reliable and people, you know, having regulars and people that can always see you and always be there. But for me, I feel like if I can you know, bring in what I do to different places and, you know, make those places. And now I'm not going to even say make them better, but if I can just collaborate with other artists, you know what I'm saying? And we can do art together. I feel like that's a good deal. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that is how, that is what makes sense for me as far as like being a chef goes. You know, I see how a lot of other people are moving in the industry and it's totally something that people are looking for, 
I'm at the point right now where I'm still trying to get my chops up. You know what I'm saying? I'm still working myself up that ladder to where I have like the respect of all of my peers. But, you know, when I do get to the level where I'm able to do my own thing, that's how I want to do it. I want to be able to collaborate with different artists in different places, in different cities, and just like, you know, like bring people out, make it a thing about community. But -hmm. at the same time, you know, just spread it around, you know, make it national, international, global, however far it goes, you know? I'm very curious to hear about like, the element of like earning your stripes in the culinary world. Cause I feel like good food is good food. If someone prepares it and you make an excellent meal for me, it's like you, you've already earned your stripes. What is that process? Like, and is it something like we do see on TV with these chef competitions or is that just a completely false world that does not currently exist? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's a false world that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Like obviously people are competitive. So if you make a competition and you say, you have to do this task, that task, and the next task, and it requires culinary expertise to do those things, then yeah, you're going to need some culinary experts to do those things, and you got yourself a competition. But in reality, I mean, that is not what a kitchen looks like, most likely, from what you see in a competition. But I mean, when you're in these kitchens, you have people that are, it's a team. It's a team effort. Everyone's trying to put out whatever projects you have for the night. You get calls, you get tickets. People tell you what you need to do for your station. You know what I'm saying? And you put it out. It's competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to move up in the rankings. You got to realize that a lot of people in the industry are like, some people are kids that just like went to culinary school and they went to like one of the best culinary schools and they are like they're sort of like officers when i like compare it to the military like mm-hmm. they are like the officers the ones that went to the academy and then like the other people there are the enlisted you know what i'm saying the people that are just like off the street or have some sort of cooking experience and then like move up the ladder so all it's about is food knowledge and tenure You know what I'm saying? Because the service industry has high turnover. So you could be at a place and if you're good and you know what you're doing, there are people that will show you the next step. You know what I'm saying? There are people that will give you the next step. But you could also miss your turn if you just, you know, if you're not a person that can show up and be reliable, you know, it's easy to fall out and, you know, flame Mm -hmm. out. You know, as good as you can be. You got to, you know, you got to do all the things. It's about the small things, taking the trash out, washing the dishes and shit like that. Damn, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, that's like pretty much any art form. And it's like, there's what you see on the outside and what you think of. But then there's the fact that like, you know, that artist spent this many hours in the studio working on that song. And and on that note, like one thing that stood out to me, what you said earlier was like collaborating with other artists. And I was just starting to think about like the arts in general. And like the really dope thing about the culinary arts is that, you know, if we think of art as you know, creations that that people engage with, with their senses, right? It's like the culinary world is like the only one that really gets to taste. You know what I'm saying? Like you got music for what you hear, you got video for what you hear and what you see and like all these different ones. But like, it just, um, like I've been to a couple of events, for instance, where like music was paired with, you know, a chef creating like a curated meal for the night. And I'm always like, that's just such an interesting, you know, type of creativity to have because I'm used to like art around what you see and what you hear, but I'm less used to like, 
art around what you taste, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like, I don't know, it's really cool, like the concept of collaborating and like pairing that with these other forms of art. So it's dope to hear that, that you have, you know, some of those plans in the future. Yeah, man, definitely. I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm really jealous of the times of the Harlem Renaissance and, you know, times of the past and like Motown, where you just had like, I mean, and it's it's sort of happening right now in hip hop, you know, in hip hop, you have the time with like all these artists just like coming together and just like making good music, making money. It's just like the times right now. It, it, it's the times. If you think about all the people that are putting the work in and I, I mean, it's obviously different because, you know, there there's arguments you can make about hip hop and the message that it sends. And that's the difference with like when I, you know, when you point to those older generations where it was like the tone was just like completely different, but like it's definitely more violence now than there was then. But, you know, I revel in the times and I, I wish I was in those times where I, where it was just like artists just creating and it was just like, it was all good. It didn't matter like what kind of music you made how you showed up as an artist, like we get, we as artists, we get so boxed in, you know what I'm saying? Into being like, if you are a rapper and you rap, that's like, that's what you are. You're a rapper and you rap. But if you look at it for like Ice Cube, for T.I., those guys have probably like made more movies and they've made albums in the past 10 years. Or even if we're looking at someone like Action Bronson, who's not only a rapper, but he's a, he's a chef, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what I start thinking about, just those, those two words colliding in that sense. No, I mean, definitely. Definitely. With Action Bronson, it's so dope, but I feel like, like people are just like never, like they more so give him the respect as like a foodie rather than like a chef, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, even though, even though, like, he, you know, he has all the credentials, like, they would just, like, more consider him, like, to be a foodie. Well, it's also, like, I mean, because I was thinking when you mentioned the, you know, the, the Harlem Renaissance, for instance, it's, like, there's also the difference between the physical arts and, like, digital. Like, even in terms of collaboration, like, you have people making songs together who never have necessarily even been in the same room Facts. together, you know what I'm saying? They're just working like across the board whereas like i do feel like there's a different type of collaboration that comes out when you're in a physical space and also from the consumption point of view i mean there was a couple of concerts i, I remember i think some festivals back in new york back in the day where action bronson had his food truck but like outside of that it's like you're not going to necessarily get a chance to actually try action bronson's food unless you're in this your your schedule lines up so that you're in an opportunity to whereas everybody obviously as soon as the, the album gets uploaded can hear the album so it's like the physical right. versus the digital no i mean that's a, i mean that's a that's a major fact that's a major fact especially when you when you get into creativity and like the levels and how you can present yourself is like that is, i mean that's part of it you know what i'm saying so like right now i don't have anything on the stove but you know what i'm saying i'm like talking to y'all and i'm talking about food and you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to bring like that vision and that mindset to the forefront. Because like you said, I can touch more people digitally with food, talking about food than I can in my kitchen, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I mean, it definitely matters. As a creator in general, you have to be like a multimedia tyrant almost and just like have so many forms of like uh, multimedia, social media that it like makes sense and that your brand is seen or it seems like you know that's what it seems like for most people but like i feel like 
if you are creating a good product, if you have something good that people want to see, you don't necessarily have to be on every stream of social media, every, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to be in every, on every platform. You can kind of stay in your lane and do what you do and build a fan base, build a real fan base. Because if you build real fans, people that really fuck with you, then like in the end, whatever you do, those people are never going to turn their direction on how they feel about you because they feel like they've been grown with you. They feel like they are also part of what you do. And essentially they are because they hold you up. You know what I'm saying? And they don't let those people that pretend to be part of the brand bring you down. Yeah. It's like, it's like we were saying earlier, like you just got to play your part, know your audience, you know, like people do, I think sometimes get caught up in the volume as opposed to like, you know, the quality, not even the quality, but just sort of like the characteristics of the people. And then there's the word character again. Shit, all, these, <laughs> all these full circle. I'm, surp- yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> we haven't said intentional this episode. <laughs> That's so real. No, I'm, I'm very excited just in this digital space that we're in. I know we were talking not too long ago about even like the possibility of a, a digital cookbook. Would you tap right. into that? Because it does give that same collaboration that artists would have. No, I mean, totally. Like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm always down to collaborate with, with anyone who's trying to do something that is just like, it's a good thing. It makes sense. It's like, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not give it to the people? That's something mm-hmm. that I feel like, you know, we've like lost. I mean, obviously it's like, you know, being... Being minorities, like, I don't even want to say minorities because it's not even all minorities. You know what I'm saying? Like, specifically, like, being black, we've lost the love for one another. You know what I'm saying? Just, but not because, not because we don't love one another, because, like, how this whole thing was set up. You know what I'm saying? It just, like, often pit us against one another. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what I'm saying? And it seemed like we can't come together. But, like, honestly, when we come together, you know what I'm saying? We silence, we silence like the bullshit, like all the, you know what I'm saying? Like the things that try to hold us back, all the things that try to keep us down, we overcome that. Let your feelings go, let the groove reach its pinnacle. Spread the love if you're feeling low. Ten toes down, you're running out of bounds. So keep your chin up, bro, and go another round. It can't stop your soul, it's been here before. Remain the truth, it's me head to toe. I pay no mind to the man with the suit Cause the man with the suit only a fan of the loot I'm a man of the people and a man of the troops salute If this is what you wanted then make no excuse If you feel offended I guess I'm talking to you Most my day ones gone dead or in jail You can never live life scared to fail False pride and false prophets Never stress cause the Lord got it Now you reaching for help it's the card you dealt I'm feeling like a motherless child lost in the wild you feeling lost? How you feeling when you know you're wrong? Nobody gon' show you how to love yourself This world don't love you like you think it do It's always something, something, something But shawty, it's a new day, love New day, love Fix your soul, yeah Let it rock, please Let it rock for me, yeah I be feeling so lost, so low But you can't stop me, though I'm like going on why can't they see me? Why am I a mystery? I mean, I got love, no misery, just a silly dream. Why am I afraid? I've been around the way a couple days. I pray for a clear path. At a James, I think I found a better truth. I said my peace, I roll my dice. I've been that way since day one. Look how far we come. 
yeah. I see her own baby sometimes, maybe when it's alright. Yeah. Feeling free when you're feeling lost. How you feeling when you know you're wrong? Nobody gon' show you how to love yourself. This world don't love you like you think it.